Hello listeners, before we dive into this week's podcast, we wanted to let you know that the Sunny 16 Presents feed is now live and you can check it out. It is already available on Podbean, on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts as well and it will filter out to hopefully all of our usual podcatchers over the next few days. So please do go and check it out. The first show that we got up on there is um, John Whitmore talking to Dan Kay about adultcrum stuff and various other things as well. And it's a really great conversation. So please do go give it a listen and let us know what you think. Links will be in the show notes. Right, on with the podcast. <laughs> And welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast for yet another week. It is episode number 216. I'm saying that with a lot more confidence than I'm feeling, but I feel, you know, pretty good about that number. Um, on co-hosting duties this week with me is the fabulous John. John, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Are you feeling spry and sparkly tonight? You know, I know the evenings are not always your best time. Neither are the mornings or the afternoons. But I mean... <laughs> tonight I am actually feeling okay. So uh, I'm primed for giving our guests some abuse. That's good, because I need you to be spry and sparkly, because, um, well, we've had instances in the past where our guest has not always been the uh, convivial bright force of bonhomie that he sometimes can be. Um, I have a feeling that he's going to sparkle like a sequin dress this evening. It is the one and only Hamish Gill. Welcome back to the podcast, Hamish. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) I I shall try and be... I was going to say chipper, but I'm not sure I can stretch that far. Are you wearing sequins? Uh, I'm wearing pyjama bottoms. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's too much information. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's given everybody a mental image that they probably really didn't need. Hamish, it is an utter delight to have you back on. It feels like an awfully long time since we last spoke. Um, and that's largely because you've been sort of avoiding us for the last oh couple of years um because of a certain uh, pixelator but as we talked about a few weeks ago now the pixelator is out in the world so first off huge congratulations mate yeah cheers <laughs> it's um, <laughs> a little while coming i suppose isn't it really yeah just just a little bit i know when you we were talking before we started and when we first talked to you about this, which was back at the photography show in 2018, was it 2018? Would that have been? Uh, 1994, I think. <laughs> when we were all, but we lads. Um, yeah, I know you definitely had hoped for a slightly shorter lead time from beginning to end. I think it was around three months you were aiming for. But, mm. you know, a couple of years, three months. <laughs> It's all just numbers when all said and done. Um, well, where should we start? First off, how are you feeling now that it's out the door? Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Fine. Um, 
I'd, I'd like to say that it comes with some sort of sense of relief, but it it sort of doesn't. I had about, there was like this kind of bit in the middle after shipping loads and then none landing with people. So we shipped 150 in the first day or so. And obviously, and then there was a, a period before they landed. And uh, it, it, that, that, that was, I quite, felt quite good then <laughs> because although I was a little bit nervous about the reception, it was, it was yes, we, this has actually started now, but nobody's complaining yet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, that was good. And then since then, um, yeah, as much as every single, obviously people, you know, there's, people are f- picking faults, but every single, every single, and every single fault feels, feels like an order of magnitude bigger than it is. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's okay, how, I think. So how much you shipped now then? Um we've so we've shipped we had we've shipped all of the kickstarter orders which was i, I couldn't tell you exactly but it's about 1500 and something and then we've shipped another something in the order of six seven hundred i think of pre pre-orders so it's, it's well over two well over two thousand now that's awesome that is awesome so and that we were and they're set they're selling sort of averaging about five a day at the moment so if somebody orders one uh, online now, does it get shipped immediately or is there a backlog? Uh, it's immediately, yeah. It will get shipped. If you oh. order one now, if you order one now, it will be shipped t- tomorrow. And how many did you get made in this first run? Um, two, two thousand. We've got a kit. Well, we've got, so we had 2,880 diffusers, 3,000 sets of injection molded bits and 2,620 sets of packaging. So we're, we're, we've got 2,620 complete sets, if you see what I mean. Um, so we're, we're ordering small packaging, uh, well, t- tomorrow, tomorrow, I think I'm just waiting for the quote to come back through and then we get some more diffusers on order, but Pat- Patson can injection mold 3,000 parts in you know a, d- a day, I think. So, or 3,000 sets in a in a day, two d- two or three days, I think, something like that. So, you know, when we, if we run out, an issue. No, 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 no. I suppose it, it's probably. I mean, both at the beginning and also in the middle at the end. We should say if people who have been perhaps waiting, maybe they missed the Kickstarter in the first place. Where should they be going now if they want to look at the picks later and more importantly buy buy not pre order not back on Kickstarter but buy one of these pick later's <laughs> where do they need to go, Hamish. Um, pixlater.com so p i x l hyphen l a t r dot com. I've, I've added it. To, I, I just it's added to my list of terribly named companies and brands. <laughs> it's um, it's good to have a growing list. Um, I'm sure it won't be the last. No. Um, so it's obviously a huge relief because I know, and I'm sure John knows as well from speaking to you over the last couple of years, how much stress uh, this has caused you. Because it's like when you started out on this you had planned it in a way that you really hoped that this was going to be a quickly done thing. And then because the the Kickstarter was really successful, it put you in a position to be able to make something that was fundamentally a much better product. Mm. But making that fundamentally much better product has been a far longer road than you ever anticipated. Do you want to, now that you can talk about it with hindsight, 
tell us a bit about the journey of the pixelator, the long <laughs> and winding road. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing I would say is whilst it has been stressful, I suppose I kind of thrive on that. So <laughs> I'm um, not sure. I've seen ex- evidence of your thrivingness in your good humour and bonhomie. <laughs> but uh, sure. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I can remain, you know, chipper throughout it but i do it is i enjoy that i enjoy the process so even when it's really stressful i enjoy the sense of um sort of gain that i get from it so obviously Mm -hmm. you know the more you do things wrong or the more wrong things that happen the more you're able to learn and kind of build on experience and that has impacted on you know, because I, you know, I run, I've got four businesses, so it's impacted on the my my business capability across all four businesses. If you see what I mean, so I've learned quite a lot about both bringing a product to market, uh, well, a product to market, a, um, uh, a you know, a physical thing to market, um, but also I've learned a lot about. I suppose even myself, I think <laughs> patience <laughs> have more of, mm. um, and how to manage situations and, and people and, you know, and the managing of the Kickstarter was enjoyable as well. I think that, you know, if you were going to, if I, you know, people, 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 a lot of people do in, you know, sort of in our community and outside of our community ask me, you know, what tips I would give to, somebody running a kickstarter and i would say be absolutely honest and transparent at every step in the process um there's always things i the stuff that the stuff that's happened that i'll take to the grave because it would be it would be unprofessional for me to to talk about but for the most part i've talked about everything that's gone wrong and as candidly as i possibly can and the only thing that's happened is the backers of the kickstarter have supported me more mm. um and i think that kind of allowing you know being transparent and being open and and allowing people in it's it's you know it's a it's a it's a life lesson do you know what i mean it's not just a, a lesson on um you know running a kickstarter so yeah it's it's been very rewarding i would say and 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 probably almost the process is probably almost as rewarding as the outcome um yeah it's really yeah I'm, I'm really glad I did it, and I wouldn't change it, actually, as much as it's been ridiculous. I wouldn't change it at all. Were there ever any points where you did feel like, ah, I'm never going to reach the finish line? Um, or Because it, from an outsider point of view, it felt like... Well, when, when I spoke to you in person last... Not last, but when I spoke to you at John's um, place last year when we met up yeah. there, and... We were talking then, and by that point, you'd sorted out how you were doing it. You you, you knew who you were working with. You were working with Patterson, and, and sort of getting to that point had been a large part of the struggle in the first year, sorting out supplier. And you'd done so much of the work, the design was in place. And at that point, the sticking points were just fractional changes that needed to be made to the um, fitting. And then a year later, it came to how what led to i mean that that last year 
must have been quite trying to be so close, so close, and yet, yeah, yeah. I mean, less than a millimetre away, quite literally. But from my perspective, it wasn't ever so close. I think whilst it looked close, to me, I could fund, I could see the fundamental issue that, I mean, without wanting to go into unnecessary technical details, the, the, the way injection moulding works is that, plastic is injected into a cavity and then those cav that cavity is, is sort of separated in half you have two two halves of a tool if you sort of mean and the tool is pulled apart and the the part that you've molded drops out um it can't to, for it to drop out you have to have these um, um sort of angles so the product can release if you sort of I mean so without them it can get stuck so but there was a, a a, a, a misunderstanding between the designer and the designer of the tooling in terms of the necessity for those angles as both part of the release from the tool and the actual fundamental design. So the tooler had de basically decided to design it the opposite or to design the tool the opposite way around. And he had his reasons and they made a lot of sense. But they it basically meant that the part was never going to fit <laughs> um, in how he designed the tool. Um, so we had to get to the stage where these these release angles stopped being angles and were completely vertical, if you sort of mean. Um, but to get there um, was a, just a nightmare because essentially all of the measurements were wrong, <laughs> if you sort of mean. Mm -hmm. So... And it, it just impacted so many really subtle parts of it. And there was there were stages where I felt like I was the only person in the room who could see it. But because I'm not the engineer, you know, I'm the, I was the layman, essentially. Um, that was a difficult situation to be in. But it wasn't it, it wasn't that other people didn't see it. It was just viewed a diff, from a different, it was viewed from an engineering perspective rather than my layman's perspective, you sort of mean. So we, there was a kind of a few situations, I suppose, where, you know, we're all just talking about the problems on a different level. Um, so, yeah, there were moments of mind-boggling frustration, like just, you know, I, don't, I can't even explain it, just like why? Why is this wrong and how is this wrong again and again and again and again and again? But in hindsight, I can see it, I can see why, and I, and I kind of have, I can be a bit more rational about it, but, yeah. I, never, I was never going to give up. <clears throat> never i just wasn't you know what i mean i wouldn't i just couldn't i wanted to see it had to see it through um I, I don't you know it's the same with the kiln you know it took bloody years to get that off the ground but i was never going to give up on that either so i suppose that's a personality flaw no <laughs> i think it's a, definitely not a flaw definitely not a flaw i mean knowing because with a lot of it it seems like even knowing now what you know and having been through everything that you've been through do you think that if you could go back in time you could do things that much differently and because it doesn't seem like a lot of the things you yeah. could have avoided necessarily because is, they were out of your a, control there's a moment i wrote about this in a blog post on my website there's a moment that if i could go back and change it would be it was Chris, christmas 2018 was i'd been chasing patson to essentially do me a, a you know come up with a, a price that we could um that, you know that would work for, for me um which in the end they 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 did of course and then they instructed the taller 
Now, Phil Patterson is, you know, he's he he knows his stuff. He is a he is a he's you know he's a uh, you know he he when it comes to making stuff, he he knows what he's talking about. So I trusted his judgment on not only how it was going to be made, but his judgment on the choice of Jan, the taller, but also his judgment on trusting that Jan would understand the product. Um, I think his probably Phil's biggest regret is trusting Jan at that moment. And my biggest regret is not pushing Phil to get Jan in the same room as me. So, so we could, the three of us say, this is how this product is supposed to work. Here is the product, the, the, here's the prototype. This is how it's, this is supposed to fit like this. These are where these angles need to be, et cetera. I think if I'd done that, I think if I pushed for that meeting and I, and I, and even my, my product designer, Clyde, he said, you, you really, you should be having that meeting. And I just said that I'm trusting his judgment. Then these guys know what they're doing. And um, that, that I think was the mistake was not sort of, managing that situation slightly better yeah but as i say had i had i done that i wouldn't have gone through the nightmare hell ride and i've learned quite a lot from the nightmare hell ride so there's kind of you know it's six and one half dozen the other really it's not been ideal but uh, you know it's done me in many in many ways it's done me a lot of favors because I'm, there's a lot of mistakes that when i come to the next kickstarter you know hopefully in, <laughs> spr- in spring or later this year if we can get there quick enough this is one of the things with Kickstarter, isn't it? Like supporting your Kickstarter isn't just about potentially getting that product back in the day. It was about supporting you to go through this process and learn from it because mm. then enables you potentially to do something else. Mm. Now you've got all this knowledge and this ability. Um, but I don't think that that's portrayed very well on Kickstarter, is it? You know, people think no. they're product there's a problem there's a there's a fundamental issue with the crowdfunding um industry and that is that it's not in the industry's favor to make such a point of the fact that you are investing and not purchasing mm-hmm. so the the crowdfunding industry likes to likes to you know, would if challenged will say well it's all in the small print but of course it is in the small print nobody bloody reads the small print do they um, the, the reality is, is that people go to Kickstarter and think they are pre-ordering a product, which they're not. They are investing a, an, a, a, an amount of money in a business. And, and if you invest money, you know, I have, you know, shares and stuff in companies. I don't expect that. I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't. That, that money is not guaranteed safe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I might just lose it. That's how it works when you invest in stuff. Um I think and in, that's what people don't realise. Yeah, I mean, I think with with um, most, or certainly most of the original crowdfunding things like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, you're not even really investing when they're quite careful with their language because investing, as you said, it indicates, well, you know, you invest means you have a part of this, whereas Kickstarter was built around the idea of supporting, supporting people who want yes, to make yeah. stuff. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's changed a lot since then. Um uh, so we'll talk about what your future plans are later, but Kickstarter, because it feels to me like 
it's been much quieter on Kickstarter, certainly over the last year. You know, we went through a couple of years of just seeing so many things coming up on Kickstarter. And that mm. seems to have quietened off a lot, at least in our little part of the Kickstarter world. Um, and I suspect that in part that's just because of the world situation, but also um, there have been enough projects, enough high-profile projects, which for many and varied and frequently very good reasons have not managed to deliver or deliver in the way that they wanted to. Do you think that Kickstarter is still the same viable platform that it was four or five years ago? Yes. Yeah? If if you go to it with a good product and you're credible, then it is. I think Negative Supply have proved that mm. relatively recently with their $150,000 or whatever it was that they raised. Um. I think people are more probably are more uh, I was going to say clued up but I don't think people are more clued up I think more people are more sceptical um, and they probably have been you know if you dug into Kickstarter you'd probably find perhaps not in film photography as much but certainly within photography you probably find there are a lot more failed Kickstarters or not or, you know even sort of non you know almost non-starters um, so yeah, no, I think it is just as I think it is just as viable. But I think it's just you just have to have, you have to be you have to be credible, um, which which I, I would hope now that I am more. Do you know what I mean? If I haven't proved, I mean I haven't proved that I can bring a product to market particularly quickly, but I have nonetheless proved that I have the tenacity to make it happen despite all the odds. <laughs> well, as you said, it gives you a proven track record, and I think that puts you in the same group as people who have serially used Kickstarter. People like Lomography, obviously, I'm an intrepid. And like, yeah. When you put your name there, and you, people can go, oh, yes, you said you were going to do a thing, you did a thing, the people got the thing you made. I think it gives people a lot more confidence. Um, mm. How? What insights has it given you into the Kickstarters that have struggled um in terms of you know, where you think they've gone wrong, where you think that they've just been unfortunate, you know, what, what because like I said, I mean, I suppose the the two that immediately leap to mind as being the long ongoing ones at this point are obviously Ferrania, um, which <laughs> the problems that they've had are uh, uh, huge and countrywide for them, um, and of course the reflex camera um, is the other really big notable one. What insights has going through this whole process given you into their plight? Well, I mean, I think, and I wouldn't want to say, and I, I, I sort of, I, I wouldn't want to say anything bad about either of them because I, I, I kind of totally sympathise with whatever problems they're having. <laughs> um, but I would just say that I think that they both could have communicated more um, frequently. Really, I think. That's probably the um, thing that all Kickstarters can do is just communicate better and more. Um, you know, even I was criticised for not communicating as much. Um, there was sort of a six-week period during lockdown, and I got a couple of messages saying, well, what's going on? I'm like, well, you know, lockdown is <laughs> going on. I don't know what to say. Mm. <laughs> I can't do anything because nothing's happening. Um but but nonetheless, I did. If I didn't communicate for a few weeks, I I got questioned, and I think so. Just maintaining that communication is is key. But also, it, it's finances. You know, I, I don't know exactly because I haven't asked my accountant. But 
the over the amount overspend on this project is just absurd. You know, we were what did we are sixty six thousand something. I'd be surprised if we haven't spent a hundred grand in total now. Yeah, um, making it happen, and and that spend is going to carry on. You know, I just employed somebody. Um, it, 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 you know, it's going to carry on draining cash for a, for a while. Um, and you know, if I'm talking about a sixty thousand pound project to bring what is essentially ten bits of plastic to market, the the amount of money that Reflex raised, I mean, I, ju- I just it just isn't it just isn't it just isn't enough. <laughs> it's just not enough, I don't think. So I think that that's possibly part of. I don't know their issues. I wouldn't want to talk about them. You know, I wouldn't want to guess, but to my mind, how anybody could bring a camera to market for one hundred and twenty thousand pounds is it's just not physically possible. Yeah. Um, it does like when you see some of the people's comments for and for all sorts of different kickstarters this notion of oh they're just taking the money and running it's like oh no (laughs) that money they have long since burnt through all of it trying to achieve this and then burnt through all of their own money probably and now they're like we don't know what else to do oh i i have taken get have a guess how much money personally i've taken out of the project to date uh, have a, a, a guess. I mean, a, a largely a massive negative number is my guess, Hamish. Person, no, we we've taken we have we've me and me and Greg, my business partner. Last month, we took two hundred pounds each. <laughs> Woo! That is that is so far the amount of money that has gone out of that company into my pocket. That's it, and that's including all of the Chinese lenses that I was selling to make all of this happen. No, I, all of the effort I put into this so far has made me personally two hundred pounds. I pay a... Josh more money than that, <laughs> you know, with his first salary. Well, it's, he has it's... got a very good beard. Yes, it's true. <laughs> um, so... I saw you selling some lenses on Twitter. Actually, like it must have been last month or maybe the month before, and it did make me think. I do wonder if you're kind of trying to top up your cash. Yes, for... yes I was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there was there's been times when the the finances have got have got hairy um and certainly i mean w- the one thing that saved everything is um the uh, sort of ironically is the coronavirus because the we were able to fast track um a bigger loan from the bank um in fact, we had to we had to borrow the money through another business and then filter it into um, into the pixelator business. So, you know, it's that saved it actually. Is is having that cash that's allowed me to employ employ Josh and and without Josh, the last two months I would I would have, it would have pushed me over the edge. <laughs> Which would be a real shame at this point <laughs> to, yeah. to cut this far and for you to just lose it at the end. Um, I would just, I would have totally lost. It. He's the amount of the, the sort of brunt of the work that Josh has taken has been, you know, phenomenal, 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 <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal. <laughs> do, do, um, do, do. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's. Um, I mean, this is what this money is for, you know, investing in the the future and, and, and sort of employing people and pushing our business forward. So it's, it's you know, it, it's it's good. Yeah. It's, it's odd because obviously it's come off the back of, you know, horrendous international <laughs> disaster. But, um, yeah, it has nonetheless kind of made everything a lot less stressful. So 
I think you were probably owed a bit of a break with it. <laughs> I think, given everything, um, you were probably owed one. So, it, it, yeah, it is about two years, isn't it? Almost kind of. Yes. Well, we started. So, I mean, if you, ta- I mean, the, the the sort of the first ideas around the project were, you know, six, seven years ago, whatever they were. Um, but then we we launched the Kickstarter in June, two thousand and eighteen, uh, and obviously there was quite a big. It was quite an intensive sort of six, eight month run up to that, having the product redesigned by Steve and then getting obviously all the PR stuff ready, which is, you know, most most of a Kickstarter battle is sort of all the PR background, um, the background stuff, you know, to make sure that when you launch, it actually does something rather than sitting there and doing nothing. Um, and then, yeah, the Kickstarter. And then so literally 20, 25 months after the Kickstarter is when we started delivering. Yeah. So now that you've gone through that, let's talk about the actual, the thing that you made, the thing that despite all the trials and tribulations and time in between, you made a thing, you brought a thing to market and you brought a really cool thing to market um, that I genuinely think is going to become just a default part of the analogue photography kit in the same way that a Patterson tank is or, you know, um, a change bag is, you know, something that's just going to be such a useful thing that is going to become of almost everyone's kit tell us about the pixelator that is out there now and that people can buy and, and how it's different from what you originally envisaged um well the, the, i mean there's lots of ways it's different it's different the main thing is that the parts fit together so they, they they slot and hold together um no rubber bands needed to stop it from exploding as i think the one no. you prototype you showed us at the photography show did well i did have ones physically explode on there at one point <laughs> there was me and steve had a couple that when you clip you clipped and then they just kind of went into bits um so yeah no it, it doesn't fall, it doesn't fall apart anymore there are i mean there is still improvements i think to be to be made to it but i could be chasing that you know, as as we were talking before we started, it's it's you know that I could be chasing perfection for forever. We we had to get to a point where we would put it out there and um, you know see how people reacted to it. And and as I said, most people are reacting positively to it. it it's the the thing that I'm most I think the thing that I'm most proud of is the fact that its closest competing product, which is um, uh, the the uh, what's his surname is Andrew Cliffworth, and um, the effective film holder. Have you come across that one? Uh, no, I haven't. So it's about a hundred, somewhere between seventeen and hundred pounds, I think, depending on the options. But it, it, it that's it's the closest thing in price that you can get. I'm pr- half that, um, and it does thirty five mil between you know half frame and if you can if you can find a camera that will take a a 24 by 120 mil frame then it'll then it'll scan it um and then obviously on 20 six four five six 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 seven six eight six nine six twelve and five four and also already people are finding as i expected people are finding different ways to move the gates around within the frame to digitize um different formats as well and of course simon forster's already designed a um a slide holder so a mounted slide holder for it, and I'm going to open up the platform. And we're going to put the we're going to calling calling it the open gate platform. It's basically the we're going to op- we're going to we're going to release the design file for the internal aperture of the of the frame, so people can literally design their own slot in gates for, mm-hmm. for any film film format they like. 
Um, and we're going to then, the popular ones, you know, if they become very popular, um, we will either get some 3D printers and, and start 3D printing them ourselves or we'll, we'll have them, um, you know, injection molded as well. But in the meanwhile, you know, people like Simon can design a slide holder and then he can make, you know, if he wants to design a slide, slide holder and make £10 off people, uh, that's that's totally fine. I want I want people to, I want it to become a product that is, you know, it's, it's a community product. I want people to design bits that fit into it. I want people to hack it. I want, Nate from um, Negative Lab Pro, for example, has found that if you get a piece of... Um, uh, A&R glass, anti-Newton ring glass, and put it into the frame um, first, and then put the film on it, and then put the diffuser in. Um, you you can get even flatter uh, the fact the film even flatter, and then use the gates to mask it off on the top as well. Um, so it, it, that's how he's been using his. Um, there's a couple of people who've found that if you use the 120 gates. And the 120 vertical gate, you can then use it to digitise the um, the sprocket holes, um, which people tell me is quite a difficult thing to do with lots of these sorts of devices. So, yeah, it's 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 this kind of what I'm really proud of is the flexibility, is I suppose what I'm trying to say. It's the flexibility of it and the the usability of it in lots of different ways, um, which is what you know when me and Steve were designing it, that was what we were getting excited about was how differently people would. Would, would be able to use it. Uh, it's awesome. And somebody who obviously he's, before before all of this, you've always you know, I, can't, I can't remember how many years of thirty five MMC there have been, but community's always been something that's been really important to you, and then that you built around the website. So the fact that you're now yeah. building up this community of enthusiastic um, hackers, almost with the Pixelator, yeah. it's just awesome, and it feels very fitting as well. Well, it's, it comes, it just kind of comes naturally to how I see the internet, if you see what I mean. And I don't want to compete with people either. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, you, I've, I've, I mean, um, I'm sure his name's Andrew. I'm sure his name's Andrew Clifford. I'm going to, we're going to, we, I've, I've messaged him a couple of times saying that we should, you know, we should catch up and chat. And I get on really well with the guys from Negative Supply. There's a chap over in um, Norway who I've been talking to who's got a, um, a design that, that he wants to bring to market. And I've been actively encouraging him to, to bring it to market. I know of a, um, another one that's very much forthcoming, which which I'm going to be reviewing on 35MC, and you know another product that does something similar to mine. You know, it, it's a it's about the community, it's about growing the industry, it's about us kind of working together as a as a you know as a whole. And yeah, you know, maybe somewhere down the line we'll start complete competing, you know, more or or or, or whatever. I, I I don't know, but at the moment it just feels like it's a nice. It's a nice industry to operate within. Yeah. Um, and of course I'm used to, you know, community is, you know, I run a co-working space. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of my thing. <laughs> a large part of keeping that nice view and and being able to go to everybody else you know, and encouraging people who are doing similar things is that you must clearly have in your own mind what the next steps are for you. And you've already mentioned that you've got plans for another Kickstarter coming up. So what is the future for the Pixelator brand? Is it going to be more Pixelator brand stuff or is it going in a completely different direction? Well, I mean, there's two answers to that. So the Pixelator brand is, yes, there's more products. So we're um, working on a light source. Um, so basically a, a light source that fits Pixelator perfectly. So I use at the moment a, a, a um, Kaiser 
plano thingy and all the light around it you know completely you know if you don't use it particularly well all the light around it can cause problems with your um, digitization so we're making a a light source that fits perfectly underneath pixelator <coughs> so the only light that the camera sees is coming through the negative that you're that you're trying to digitize have you um, uh, tried one of those the you know the intrepid enlarger have you tried one of those lights on it because that's quite a similar size isn't it yes so well yes <laughs> uh, so the it doesn't work because the um the aperture of the if you put a pixelator directly on top of that there's there's two the sort of you can see shadows caused by the two, the bottom and top edges mm -hmm. um but um I, i'm sure max won't, won't mind me telling you this max is going to be supplying me the um electronics for my light source uh, okay so the, the quality of his light source, which is very high quality, is is you know it was immediately apparent to me how good a light source it was when I when I first tried it. So yeah, I just said, look, can I can we are you are you happy to supply me the parts? And we we haven't we haven't formalised the arrangement yet, but that that's that's the that's that's what we're doing basically, um, which is going to cut a lot of the. I mean, one of the things that I wanted to make sure. With with the next Kickstarter is that I have all of the pieces of the puzzle in place. <laughs> this sounds vaguely familiar, <laughs> actually. Yeah. I'm sure, you said this to me before. It's <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Um, so the idea is is that we're going to design the product uh, entirely um, and, and, and based on the light source from Max, and then we're going to. Um, uh, kickstart the purchasing of the electronics if you see what i mean mm -hmm. so all of the, i've got the funds needed to 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 bring the to, to manufacture the you know to have it designed and the tooling done and everything so we get to the stage that we've got a finished product and then the kickstarter will just speed for raising raising the money to buy the buy the electronics which is obviously going to be quite a lot you know quite a large chunk of the the cash that's that's needed um but because i'm buying the parts in of course the you know, Max has already. You know, he's gone through the he's gone through the the pain points of designing and um, having getting all the you know various approvals for electronics in the various different countries, etc. So, I'm hoping that we can cut some of the, those headaches out by by buying those bits in. I think that's awesome. Um, I mean, it, it well, I was going to say it it closes the circle. That I'm sure there'll be more stuff in the future anyway. But to have a complete solution. Um, seems just such a wonderful thing to me because ultimately that's all we really want as photographers we want the simplest way to do these things personally speaking i know that a lot of people don't like scanning and complain about it. it doesn't really bother me that much i'm quite happy pottering along um but my scanner doesn't do four by five and mm. so i have to digitize my four by fives you know using a camera and stuff and it's just such a faff, and I've got because the method I'm doing it is so half-assed, and no one will be surprised by this. It's at the point where I developed some negatives three weeks ago, and they're still just hanging there because I just can't. Well, there's only four of them. I can't be bothered. So, um, putting together a full system that just goes, look, you got this, you got this, you got this, set it up, just go. It's an absolute no-brainer for me. Um, I think that's great, and having a good light source because again. 
there are lots of light sources out there, but where do you start? You you could you, you don't know what the quality is like, especially if you're picking something off of Amazon. You have no idea how good it's going to be, how even the light is going to be. Is it going to sort of show through random bits at the bottom? There's so many things you just don't know until you've got it, and there's a mm. lot of mistakes to be made along the way. So, um, yeah, I yeah. think it's great. I, I was going to say I've got one of those light panels off Amazon. Are they are they no good for it then? <sighs> I mean, it depends depends on which one. Um, I don't know them all, but the the, the key factor really is um, the uh, what's it called? Color something index CRI, which is the basically the quality of the the light. Um, right, okay. So the, if you have a poor quality, it's it's shit in shit out bluntly. If you have a poor quality light source, um, especially with color, with fit with black and white, it's not so important as long as the as long as the light is uniform. But with color, obviously, if you've got a light source that is, you know, it, you know, it may be imperceptibly, imperceptibly so, but if it's shifted towards magenta or something, then that is obviously going to have an impact on, um, uh, you know, on the results. And this is something that, funny enough, I learned in, in, in video production because, you know, we use LEDs for photography and for video production. And, and it, you, you get b- bad LED panels. And they're just an absolute nightmare when it comes to sorting the white balance out. Mm-hmm. You just get horrible colour shifts and stuff. Um, more so with video, obviously, because it's harder to correct. So, yeah, it, it's it's you 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 a good quality, good colour um, light sources for colour film is is it does help a lot. And you you know even if you use an iPad, an iPad screen will do the job. But if you use an iPad screen and then use something like a the, the, well. The, like Max's light source, you, you'll see the difference. Mm-hmm. You, so n- not necessarily for every photo, but if you for for you know for consistency over time, it's good to have a quality light source, basically. Yeah, I suppose the nice thing is also if you're building your own light source to be used with this, it's all going to just fit together neatly as well. It's because um, at the mm. moment when, I, when I'm digitizing at the moment, I've got an old Android tablet. Um, which does not go terribly bright, and I frequently can see the pixels through it. Um, a piece of, I think it might be baking paper, it's not even tracing paper, a bit of slightly crumpled baking paper, um, a, a piece of glass from some photo frame to try and wear. And it's just, it's not good. I mean, it probably doesn't sound great as I'm describing it, but it's not good, and it's a real faff. And yeah, I just, I just want something that you can just slot the thing in and just go and do it and... Um, yeah, make it easy, did you, please. Did you, did you back the Kickstarter? Uh, no, I never thought you'd actually pull it off, Hamish. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but, which is why I was asking the far more important question of, can you buy them now? Um, so, you know, let's that. I'll, I'll deal with this problem. But uh, um, it is, it is a, I mean, for, like, for me personally, it is very much a 4 by 5 problem. Um, yeah. I, I suppose, do you think you'll ever do an 8 by 10 one, or is there just no. not enough demand to make that worthwhile? I, I just don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's not. It, it, it's not necessarily like demand. I just think if you're shooting, if you're shooting that, that size, oh. there's there's other ways to to digitize it. I, I think that probably, you know, I mean, it's just massive, isn't it? That <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> imagine really it. Big. It doesn't. It doesn't. You don't have any. <laughs> don't have as many problems with it curling, for example. Um, you know, you could just when you're capturing it using your digital camera, do you have to use a different focal length for different um, negative size? Um, well, I mean, ideally, I think the idea is that you have a a sort of an equivalent of normal to the. Well, I suppose 
I mean, I just use my, I've got a 90 mil. Um, mm-hmm. No, it's not, it's 105 mil. So I, I just use that for, for for everything, really. You don't want anything that's, that's wide that's wide angle. And and really, the, let, the, the, the main things with the lens is that it's flat field. Um, so either a macro lens or a uh, enlarging lens is is, mm-hmm. is is what you want. Um, uh, you know, if you try and use even just using extension tubes, you, you, even with what would be considered to be very good lenses, you know, most a lot of norm, sort of non-macro lenses are have you know quite pronounced field curvature. Even very very good ones have quite pronounced field curvature. So, and funny shaped field curvature, so you can get patches of. You know, you can get sort of donut ring shapes of out of focusness if you try and use non-macro lenses. Um, so yeah, I've just always used a long. I always tend to use a longer um, focal length macro lens. I don't know the science of it to be honest. I imagine it's similar to enlarging. Well, yeah, that's why I was just wondering because, so for an enlarger, you use a different focal length for different mm. um, frame sizes, and I just wondered if that tallied with with this process as well. What's the science there? Oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a similar. I think it's, it's a similar. It's, it's I think it's a similar thing. I did read. I did read something about it. I, I have read about it before, but I think fifty mil. Is, I know a lot of people use a 50, 55, 55 mil, three point five nickel from the pre the pre AI one, which is quite an old lens, and I think people use them because mm-hmm. they're high resolution, but not necessarily high contrast. So. Um, you, you know, you're, you're left with a, a, a sort of a, uh, a, a highly detailed but not too contrasty um, image to 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 work with. I think. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. isn't um, on 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 enlargers the the difference in the lens size? It, Equivalent, equivalently, they're, well, they are both roughly equivalent, right? Wouldn't that be because it's fifty millimeter for um, thirty-five mil and sixty-five or seventy-five for um, medium format, somewhere around there, isn't it, John? Yeah, it, well, for medium format, it depends what size frame it is, doesn't it? But I think so. Like an eighty mil will cover up to six by seven medium format, then it's one hundred and fifty mil for large format. But I think that's more about coverage of the negative, isn't it, as opposed to because like so for a 50 mil enlarger lens you could take a 35 mil frame and make it massive so you're working the other way aren't you with the pixelator so i don't you could probably still use a 50 mil to capture a large format negative mm. yeah I, I i'd love to have an answer i i don't know i don't know i don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know enough about lenses, there are lots of enlarger lenses available dirt cheap mm. you know particularly 35 like 50 mil lenses and like all great quality ones as well so mm. <clears throat> i guess if people don't have an enlarged <coughs> lens and it's something they want to try there are plenty of those available yes and in you know varying in quality massively yeah um but they're all i think they're mostly flat field aren't they i mean that's kind of a yes. property of a, of a, a oh, base, yeah. it's sort of a basic property of an enlarger lens is it's, yeah. it's flat field they might have all sorts of other aberrations if you try and use them to to, to photograph three-dimensional objects but they are good if you if you're only focusing on something that's flat yeah so um the light source. So you say you're planning to kick the Kickstarter for this will launch just after Christmas. Is that the plan, Hamish? Well, I don't know. Can't me that question. And then deliver um, what? Three months later, we're saying. 
I don't. I'm just not answering any of these questions. <laughs> um, the the pl- the original plan was was that we were going to kickstart it this sort of all, uh, October November, um, but that's you know just not going to happen now. Mm-hmm. I, a big part of the delay. I think we probably could make that happen, but a big part of the delay is that um, there's. So I'm accessing some funding um, that's only that's a sort of a Worcestershire based funding pot for. Um, it's called the Proof of Concept Fund. So if you happen to be in Worcestershire and you want to invent something, you can apply for this Proof of Concept Fund and they will, it, it, there's a, there's, it, it's even better than the the, the, the government R&D tax credit because you, you get up to £75,000 expenditure, you get 40% back. Um, so if I, if I spend seventy-five grand, I get thirty grand, which is what the project that's the value of the project is about 70 about seventy five thousand. The, the next the next stage of it um but I, i've got to go through the hoops of applying for the funding not only once but twice and it is as you can imagine when the government are going to give you or local government as it is are going to give going to give me thirty thousand pounds those hoops are quite difficult to jump through mm. <laughs> um, and, I, and i have got a, a, a sort of an account manager that's the wrong phrase and she's coaching me through it um and and she she thinks it's a great product and she thinks that it's it's it will be a successful application or two successful applications and we've got to split it because of i won't bore you with the details but we've got to so it's just going to be it's just a long-winded process Um, and it's the only way that i can afford to do it yeah i suppose that actually a delay at this point is probably a good thing i mean i can given the everything that's going on, um, supplies and availability of everything, it, it seemed to be being hit. So you could run a very successful Kickstarter, but then instantly run into issues with, well, now we just can't get any of the parts we need, or this is being held up, or that's being held up. So, yeah, uh, yeah totally. I totally. Mean, and I, you know, I don't know what those unknowns are at the moment because I, I just haven't. I'm not that far. I'm not that far into it. I haven't even finished the first application for this. Um, you know, we've got. Uh, concept designs um but they're so uh, you know amorphous at the moment they're you know we know i know what it's going to look like (laughs) i've got no idea about how it's going to fit together or or what's going to be in it how it's going to just uh, there's so much i don't know what's it going to be called i'm sure you've given it a a good name what's it going to be called (laughs) (laughs) um well we've got two working titles one is um pixel lit and the other one is Pixilluminator. And these are to make it easier to Google, right? Pixilluminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pixilluminator is is uh, who suggested this? I think it was Ben Reynolds. Um, <laughs> well, Ben, you're on our naughty list. <laughs> uh, was it him? I think it was him. Um, so yeah, P I X L hyphen L U M. Lumin I N A T R. I was just going to make it pretty, you know, you can't. I remember distinctly sat in the car on the way back from a meeting in Huddersfield on the M6 in the 50 mile an hour. You know what the M6 has been like for years, that, that sort of 50 mile an hour stretch um, with, with Alex. So he's, he's, he doesn't work with us now anymore, but he was our lead designer at. F8, and we just spent the entire journey trying to come up with names. And we decided that Pixelator was a good name. 
but the thing we just couldn't find any available version of spelling. I was so dead set on this idea that I was going to call it Pixelator. That he, he Alex was like, right, how about P-I-X? And it was like every iteration that w- was taken. And we came to P-I-X-L. P- I can't even spell it now. P-I-X-L hyphen L-A-T-R. And it was available in the .co.uk and .com. And he's like, I've got one. And he told me, I was like, buy it. And then it just stuck. <laughs> and then, it, but I mean, you know, I've called the Kiln is my only successful brand name. I've got F eight creates, which you know, I try and say it on the phone, and people are like F A eight letter F. And then the company that, that that's responsible for Pixelator is called It's Happened. So I T apostrophe S, and then happened, but without the H at the beginning. It's just, why who would do not, that? Not <laughs> also, um, by putting the word later. Uh, uh, the in your product name and then it took quite a long time you were very much giving people just a very easy uh target yeah i totally i totally owned that though. when sam cornwell came up with pixel much later i was like i'm i'm having that and it was one of my one of my updates on on kickstarter was pixel much later uh, so. okay well, yeah so other than the pixelator and the pixel illuminator <laughs> Which you would definitely <laughs> use whatever time you have between now and when the Kickstarter starts to, to, to deal with that. You cannot, cannot put that on the internet as it is because we'll never find it. It took me long enough to remember how to spell pixelator. Um, so please find something simpler. Um, other than that, Hamish, what have you got going on? Well, um, so, I mean, this whole, this whole other stack of conversations that we're having with Patterson, but none, none of that is anything that I would be um open to talking about now me oh, come Paul. on no not it's not this isn't going to come Paul. out for months this is not no, coming no. out for months no i will get to something i could tell you about in a minute oh me and, right. paul, me and paul have got um have just started talking about a fairly major project whether or not you'll see the light of day i don't know but uh, this you know paul paul, paul um so there's there's those i mean that's probably four or five things and then there's um there's four or so, five things that I can't tell you about. Brilliant. Smashing. Glad I asked. But there's no point, is there? Because they don't... I've had so... We've got... I've had so many ideas over the years. I've, got, I've had about six app ideas that have never come to anything. So there's, there's, no, there's no point in telling you because it might not happen. Of course there um, is. But, well, <laughs> but the thing is, if I start telling anybody... So I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I'm telling you about the thing that I am telling you about. And that's this, the, the, the lenses that I'm talking to Chris, that me and Chris Andreo are talking about. So, so you know Chris from Scalani. Have you come across Scalani? No. Mechanics, yeah. Not right, really. So, nope. um, so Chris is uh, well. I mean, he's essentially a genius. So he he's he's a, a, a an American who was brought into the UK by um, a company that he he wouldn't thank me for telling who they were um on uh, 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 to to create to work in the uk to create these optomechanical well you know highly spec top top optomechanical pro- products basically so he's but he's got bored of doing that stuff and working in those industries and just has decided to apply these ridiculous level of skills he has to making lenses so he's um bringing to market in the current i mean he's, he's he's working on it literally now um he's bringing to market a a, 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 a nine a remake of the 1932 the original um ludwig batelli um 1932 50 mil f2 sonar sonar so 
I know you're not into lenses and don't get excited about these things, but I really do. Um, so he's 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 found a company and he's got the op- to make the optics. He's got the optics in the UK and he's now making housings for these. And there's going to be a limited amount of these things that he that he brings to market. So I caught wind of this. I can't remember how, and rang him and said, "This is really shitting exciting. Um, tell me more." And he was quite excited because he's been reading my website for a long time and as it turns out buys lenses off me um i thought i'd recognize his name but anyway that's by the by um so we've got chatting and we've we've actually become quite quite good friends i would say over the last kind of six or eight months especially during lockdown we talked on the phone quite a lot um and we decided that we can start or we've got two now two projects to bring lenses to market basically so we've got a um we're basically working on pancake lens and like m mount pancake lenses um to start with um so we've got housing that we're bringing to market that's going to house a particular lens um that's that's sort of common enough for us to get hold of and then we're going to work on um another another design that's that's from the sort of this is basically with optics if you can find the diagrams if you can find the formulas and the diagrams and they're older than about 32 years old you can you can copy them because the patents will have expired. So we're we're gonna we're gonna sort of copy some older optics. That is, um, that is cool. I mean, I'm, I'm not a lens guy, but um, I know some nerds, and I, I do understand <laughs> that that is a very cool thing that's being done. Um, yeah, it's all gonna be it's all gonna be sort of limited run. It's nothing gonna be you know we're not we're not looking to you know be the next Nikon or or anything ridiculous. It's all gonna be limited run. It's all gonna be really like ultra niche. Um, none of it is going to be particularly cheap. It's all going to be really nicely machined out of brass. It's all going to be kind of more kind of collectory stuff, um, which is you know. Are, just, you, uh, are you going to kickstart those to raise funds, or are they just going to show up to market? We haven't decided yet. So I've got one, um, possibly two investors lined up. So it depends how much money I can kind of squeeze out of them. And then there's also, um, again, there's this fund that's available in. In Worcestershire, it depends on how long that goes for and if, if and when that runs out. So mm-hmm. it kind of depends on how long it takes. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of how long is a piece of string, really. And we haven't really decided what order we're doing anything in yet, um, uh, you know, because we're both busy people. So we're just, but it's fun. It's fun to, it's fun to have an idea that's viable um, because, because we've got, the right people involved so it was, we were also tapping into the jason lane's expertise he's the um have you come across jason lane uh, yes yeah. yeah so he's the you know picture picture pictograph pictorial talking of company names that are hard to spell <laughs> pictorial <laughs> graphica um yeah and, and they like, just my did the wet plates piece. and dry plates and they yeah did the holder with steve yeah. as well yeah she's just gone yeah. out so he's 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 he's, he's, he's his work, his line of business is, although he makes all the, the, the you know, the dry plates, etc. His, his line of work, what he does for a living, is is um, optical design. Um, he's a, you know, a, another. I mean, I, I had a conversation with him and Chris on the phone, and talk about feeling out of my depth. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, I could kind of follow, but blimey. Sometimes you listen to two people talking, go, oh, wow, people know more than me about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so but it's it's good. It's nice. It's it's nice to be able to have these conversations and see now from and see them now from the perspective of having spent, you know, best 
part of a hundred thousand pound on a project that that's a lot of you know that's half a house you know a big chunk of a house in 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 you know in most people's lives but in in kind of this world now it's it's yes it's a hell of a lot of money but it's not an unattainable amount of money if you know the right people and you ask the right questions and you talk it do you know what I mean it's it's a lot I mean, wouldn't be able to just raise that sort of money to buy a new house but I could I can see how to raise that mo- that sort of money to create a new business now if you see mm-hmm. what I mean so mm-hmm. um I have to ask I, I know you said that this is going to be something that is high-end stuff which is great and um and starting out with these um like um, m mounts was it you said yeah, well, it will be thread mount with, a, oh, thread mount. with, with, with adapters. Yeah. Do you think that there is a chance in the future <coughs> it may expand beyond just the Lycorati? Is there any chance that people who don't shoot Lycas <laughs> may at some point be able to get a look in? Or, or are we just going, no, there is only really the one camera and we should all be it, shooting that? Yeah, it's, it's not. It's just, yeah, I mean, that's just the market we're going for because it's, you know, it's obviously a, it's the re, you can, you can justify higher. You can justify making everything in brass, for example, if you're making a lens for the Leica market, because uh, <laughs> Chris, wouldn't, Chris, Chris wouldn't thank me for going into details, but I know he's ta- talked about, you know, how successfully, how successful his current project is being behind the scenes and the level of interest that he's had in it from the Leica sort of lens collector market. It's it's a lot bigger and a lot more... Um, accepting of large money. sums of money yeah and yeah. and you know and it's a nice it's a, it's an interesting you know pick the point of pixel pixelator was like right how can i make this the least amount of money i possibly can do you know what i mean the whole prop pixelator from the get-go has been it's going to be 40 to 50 quid um that, that's been the, it's 40 50 quid it's going to be a, a product that is about democratization is about something for everybody so it's it's this is just doing something differently. This it's not something for everybody. It's something for out. very the very small amount class of people. Who, yes. who are privileged <laughs> enough, or not even privileged enough, who like shooting Lycas, because I know there are plenty of people who could certainly afford to shoot Lycas who choose not to, because they're not for everyone. Um, although I suspect you might disagree with that, Hamish. But no, you wouldn't. I know. No, they're not wouldn't. for everybody. They're not for tall. No. Not they're for not, poor yeah, people. We've just covered that. They're not for poor yes. people. <laughs> when you do they're have not, a, they're not even that good cameras. <laughs> The yeah, no, but the, the yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's just a different it's just a different marketplace to be to be in, to be involved in, and it's a different mindset, and that's what's exciting to me. Do you know what I mean? It's it's I'm interested in ultimately the things that I want are a nice lens, which I get out of it for myself in the same way I wanted the product. The reason I did Pixelator is because I wanted the solution to the problem, um, and and that's the same with this. I want the nice lens that we're that we're talking about i mean the particular optical formula is just not something that you can buy short of having five thousand pounds on the or five thousand dollars on the current market so um i would never be able to afford it at, at, at that money so i'll have something that i wouldn't otherwise be able to buy um but it's also the experience of doing it you know it's that kind of um that's that's what i'm in this for it's it's, it's the it's the, the the joy of the process where can people go to find out or to follow along with this stuff? Is this just is no, there a you're, website? You're essentially, I haven't told anybody until now. So <laughs> Surprise, essentially a, It's essentially a scoop. It's a good scoop. The reason I'm saying it is because um, I've told like three people and then like about 30 people have got in touch with Chris to ask, him, ask, ask when it's going to happen. <laughs> so, 
it's, you, can't, you can't tell anybody anything these days, apparently. Some, I, 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 and the people I told, I mean, like, you know, people I just wouldn't have thought would tell anybody. And, I, you know, it really surprises me that they did, but they probably just told one person. Of course, as soon as that one person tells one other person, that to that second person, well, this isn't as much of an important secret as it was to that last person. And, of course, when it's three people down the line, well, I can tell everyone. What's the R rate of your gossip? That's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So now everybody knows. But I haven't, you know, there's no major details there. I'm certainly not going to be telling people where we're getting the optics from because um, then it will make them all go through value and I won't be able to get any more of them. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, to, if people do now, now that it is kind of out in the wild more generally as people listen to this um should they just be following what you're doing yeah, on just, twitter or um or where's yeah. is chris on twitter can people follow chris is he someone they can not really i mean he's on instagram but he's he's the one of the reasons that me and him are or that he's i think one of the, i sort i'm really keen to work with him because he obviously knows his stuff and he's really keen to work with me because i understand the sales marketing side of it yeah <laughs> and, and part of that is a desire to use social media which he has absolutely zero smart man <laughs> so, um but you can find his is skelaney which is s-k-y-l-l-a-n-e-y uh opto mechanics which is spelled opto mechanics um <laughs> is uh on instagram and that's his if you search for skelaney opto, opto mechanics you'll find either my website where i've talked about him a lot or or his website where you know and the stuff that he does is just incredible. Like he's he's he just gets it. Um, so yeah, it's it's yeah, it's cool. It's exciting. But yeah, follow me on Twitter. I mean, or whatever you know, all the platforms I'm on. And how long before things start appearing Pass. from this uh, match? Pass. Don't know. As long as it takes. And that's funny enough. For all of the stress that I've gone through with Pixelator, the thing that I'm going to enjoy about doing this is taking as much time as i bloody want to because <laughs> <laughs> there's absolutely no pressure it's not like you know with pixelator that we've how many more products have we how many com- competing products have come to the market in the last two years that i've been messing around how many more of the things would i have sold if i just hurried my ass up loads i don't have this problem with this because it, it, you know lenses lenses there's, there's all sorts of lenses and then never nobody's ever going to come out with the same lens that we that we're coming up with it's just it's just not going to happen so you know they're already everywhere, aren't they? Lenses, so there's there's no there's no need there's no need to rush. So I can just in, just in, sit back and, and kind of enjoy it. That's good Which to is, hear. You know, it's nice to can have a low stress one with this one. No no backers. Yeah. We need to make weekly updates for. No, well, until we if we do get some funding out, people. <laughs> if we get some investors, start <laughs> trotting me. Come on. Uh, they'll do it one to one though. They'll just ring you up and yell at you, so that'll be fine. That'll be, you won't have yes. to make a video. <laughs> they'll just yell <laughs> yeah. at you straight down the phone. Um, what's going on with thirty-five MMC? Oh, I mean, that's a whole other beast. I mean, lockdown is the is it was the best thing that could have possibly happened to thirty-five MMC. Honestly, is I I had a phenomenal amount of time, more a phenomenal amount more time, I should say, to spend on it than I usually do. So I totally rejigged the entire website design and categorization structure. So if you get if you go to it now, if you've been to it for a while, and you go to it now, you'll see there's a new menu across the top, and each of those menus has a if you click on it, it has a whole page dedicated to helping you find content within that 
So like if you want a review now, there's a massive pay, massive list of reviews with descriptions about what the reviews are about and all that sort of stuff. And it's all tagged. So if you go on there and you find a Nikon F3 review and scroll down, there's tags that for Nikon F3. So you can find all the other Nikon F3 related content. There's tags for Nikon SLR. So you can find all the other Nikon SLR content. So the structure of it now is is just phenomenally better than it was. But also in lockdown, of course, I had a lot more people writing for me um, and a lot more time to think about the sort of content that I wanted. And, and I, ironically, I've actually ended up finding myself needing to do a bit of a U-turn. No, no, it's not right. Not a U-turn. Not like a Tory government U-turn. <laughs> um, just the, so I, basically I, I started um, uh, working, well, so this years ago, this chap, Soyan, got in touch with me and wrote an, an extremely nice article with some lovely photos of um, Calcutta, from, which is where he's from. And then I didn't hear from him for ages. And then um, he got back in touch with me saying, oh, I want to write this article about darkroom stuff. And I was like, OK, yeah, great. Crack on. You know, I didn't really expect him to do it. I did expect him to do it, but I didn't really expect it to be as it to be just as ridiculously good. It's the it is probably one of the best pieces of content I've ever had submitted to the website. So anyway, long story short, he's now essentially employed by thirty five MC, albeit albeit casually, um, and his his role is to find other people to submit content to the website, but within the bracket of kind of more artistic so and or more um more interesting is such a broad so he found basically he found a guy who's just written written an article recently for me who the article is essentially it, 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 the sort of synopsis is this guy used to take photos of bands in the 60s and 70s or 70s so he's got these photos of like david bowie and Blondie and all sorts of people. So he just wrote this article for 35MC, which has got photos of all these famous rock stars from the 70s. It's just, the photos are incredible. But the article is about how taking photos of these famous musicians taught him about exposure. So, but it's it's it's, it's so humbly written. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> so that's, that's his role, was to find these kind of more interesting story and on also stuff we've had a we've had a whole series of um like alternative process um images on the website so uh, all that stuff was great i kind of decided i wanted to shift the website in that direction and then as soon as i did people started complaining there's not enough reviews <laughs> <laughs> so now i'm back on the search for it so if you fancy writing a review of a camera this is you in the sense of all of the readers out there um and it's not already featured on 35MC, then you know, feel free to get in touch because I am now looking for people to review cameras again. <clears throat> Have you got somewhere? And the, I mean, the, the new website looks fantabulous and, um, yeah, really nice, really clearly laid out. Is there somewhere? Because saying if you've got a review or you'd like to write a review for a camera and we've not done it before, how is there an easy way where people can find out which cameras is there a list do you have a list of all the cameras that have been reviewed because you, you know you've got them on here and it breaks down drops down and drops down but that's yes. going to take somebody quite a long time to go through every so category and, and subcategory um yeah you don't need to do any of that so if you go to the home page and you can either click the reviews menu item or 
there's the big slider that you see when you first land on the website that says camera lens film and peripheral kit reviews if you click the read more button under that or indeed as i say click the word reviews in the menu that mm -hmm. will bring you to a page which then literally lists by category every single review that's ever been on the website oh yes so there is god there's a lot <laughs> There cannot be that yes. many cameras. There cannot be that. That's too many cameras. Guys, stop me. Somebody ring up. Uh, ring up. Uh, what's his God, Bellamy and tell him not to bother trying to make one because there's already too many cameras. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, if you look down the list, you know, there's a couple of. So there's like three Mew 2 reviews, which is great. But the problem is, and there's four Mew 2 reviews. The problem is, of course. I just end up competing on Google with myself for the same for the content, so it's it's not productive having reviews of the same content over and over again, even though it is actually, as it turns out, quite interesting to people. So what I'm trying to do now is just fill a few more of the gaps, basically. Mm. So, um, you know, if you've got an M6 and you want to write a review of it, I'm, don't, don't get in touch with me. Speak to M. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can have a new collection of M6 reviews. And, and that's not to say the M6 reviews on my website aren't good because they, you know, they are really good. The one by Joe was two on one by Joe Monat, which is, you know, is excellent. Uh, and uh, but yeah, it's 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 just too much the same the same stuff. So yeah, I just want the things that people find most interesting. The content, and it's all about what content is most interesting to people. And the content that is most interesting to people is content that's not already on the internet four billion times. So that's why I'm trying to find. Now I'm trying to find reviews of people to write reviews of cameras that are, you know, not not even less common, just less commonly reviewed. Um, and it's why I've gone down this whole Pentax road. I don't know if you follow the website, but I'm I'm sort of, you know, neck deep in a massive pile of um, Pentax SLRs, which you know, I, a couple of years ago I just wasn't even interested in SLRs, and and you know, Pentax was just not on my radar. But I'm absolutely loving Pentax SLR cameras at the moment. I've just I've, I've just been on holiday, and I just shot the entire week of Pentax FSX, which is a essentially a you know you can pick them up for about thirty five quid, less than that twenty five quid. I, and they look, I mean, you know, I'm born in the eighties. I really like the look of eighties cameras, but to most people they look absolutely horrendous. So they're really unpopular, but it's brilliant. I had loads of fun with it. Um, and you just, you know, search on the internet for Pentax SFX review. And of course, you know, not very many people are shooting them. So they're not getting reviewed. But just because they're not being shot or reviewed doesn't mean they're not worth talking about and are, and wouldn't be interesting to people. So, <clears throat> Just popping back to talk about, uh, Sro is it Soyan? Is that Soyan. Soyan, yeah, his dark room stuff. Like what you're saying about, um, like the, the information he gives and the techniques he's talking about are everywhere on the internet, right? But the mm. way he talks about it, and it's such a personal kind of journey for him as he explores those processes, mm. I, th I thought that was wonderful. And that, mm. that makes such a unique thing. And I think, yeah, if you can tap into that in, in the articles when people are reviewing their cameras and make it kind of like, this is why it personally works for me, yes. it puts a different slant on it. <laughs> well, that's been the whole, that has been since day one, that kind of experiential content has been the, that's what 35 MC is about. I always say to people, it's a blog, it's not a review website. And okay, it has a lot of reviews, but the reviews, all of the reviews that are, I mean, the, the review I put out today of a, of a funny enough, a 
um, Scalene modified lens. Uh, and I sent it to Chris for him to read, and he's and even he said he's like, God, this is not a conventional review, <laughs> and it's not. It's 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 not by it's not a conventional review at all. Um, it's about experience, and that's what I've found my readers find most interesting. I'm not saying it's what, what's for everybody, but what I don't like and what I don't enjoy on the internet is the, you know, hey guys, <laughs> I'm here to tell you about how to shoot this camera and I'm going to tell you how to do it the right way kind of thing. And that's what so much more, it's what's up guys, isn't it? What's up guys? Just <laughs> fucking do one. Like <laughs> really that is. sort of content doesn't interest me in the slightest because it comes from the perspective of somebody who is possibly doesn't even think that they know everything but is creating this image of somebody who does know everything about that particular topic and the thing with photography is nobody knows hardly anything about photography not even the most people the people who are the most experts in photography in the world don't know hardly anything there's so much you can know about photography there's so many different roads you can walk there's so many and you know at I'm sure both of you are well aware of the fact that as soon as you start exploring one topic, it's like every time you find something, it's like climbing up a mountain and you get you get a bit way up and you think, oh, there's the top. And then you climb a bit further and you go, oh, no, that's not the top. That's the top really far up there. It's the same thing with photography. It doesn't matter how much you know, you find you just don't know so much more. So I just can't. Go back and sit on the sofa, don't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> yeah. But I just can't get on board with content that is presented as the you know, the ultimate source of this information or that information. And it's really, it's like, it's, it's, to, to go back to your points about Sroyan's content, he doesn't claim to know everything. He claims to be essentially a beginner. Um, but this is the experience that, is the, that, that he's had and these are the results. And this is why I've done it this way. And I'm not saying you should do it this way. I'm just saying this is how I've done it and, and look what happened. And there's loads of other ways. Have a go. And that that's, I think, what, you know, yeah, that's, no, what, I, that's, that's what 35 I that is about. Really. Like tutorial, his or his experience was really encouraging to mm. for other people to have a go. Yeah, I mean, he nearly like, sucked me, and you know what my views on dark. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you haven't set up a dark room in lockdown. I didn't, no, I just not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I did develop some of my own film for the first time in years, so I mean, I, you know, I got at least some of the way there. But now it's now we're back, you know, not now I say it's normal, but now we're back somewhere to normal. I can't that even anymore. I'm getting other people <laughs> to develop it again. I think the point you're making, Hamish, about it being so much more experiential. Also, I think that that means I think that's a large part of the reason why having half a dozen Mew Two reviews isn't a bad thing because, for one thing, no one's buying a brand new Mew Two and having an identical no. experience. These are all our cameras, and um, and everyone's experiences and feelings about them are going to be different because yeah. they're in different hands. It's it's nice to get different points of Mew on these things. Different points of Mew. <laughs> oh, okay, let's move on then. Um, hey, listen, John. Uh, there's no review on here for either the Nikon F6 or the Mamiya. Seven? That's the one you've got, isn't it? What? I know. Listen, if you're not shooting a plastic piece of crap, it's not on this list, basically. I mean, I love plastic <laughs> points of crap, but it is mostly... I'm quite <coughs> impressed, actually, Hamish, because I know 35mmc, it, it sort of genesis, did start off much more built around the um, point-and-shoot cameras, didn't it? Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and the reviews yeah, still reflect that, really do. Yes, yeah. I mean, as much as people... I mean, I get... You know, once in a while, I'll get somebody message me saying, 
Yeah. Oh, instead of the like reviews. Like, well, if you actually look at the website, how many like reviews are on there compared to how many, you know, other reviews. Yes, there are a lot of like reviews because I happen to like like cameras, but there's still an absolute ton of other stuff on there. So, I mean, I I, I, I couldn't I couldn't even begin to tell you how many reviews are on the site, but there's 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 hundreds. <laughs> yeah. So. Actually, it might be yeah. something. I, I just realised I was looking at this list. And I'm just realized, oh, actually, there's way more of this list. <laughs> Holy moly! This, uh, yeah, there's too many like reviews. Um, that's my takeaway. But that's good though. I think if you're going to be spending the money on the Leica, it's good to be able to get as many um, uh, points of view as possible on them. Um, I can't. I'm trying to find where the SLR etc. review are, and they, they must be down. God, keeps it just anyway. Listen, it's a good long list. Go and have a look at it. And if you've got a camera that's not on that list, one, hang on to it because it must be pretty rare and probably worth a fortune. <laughs> and two, write a review for Hamish because that's what you need, right, Hamish? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I always, um, I'm, you know, I always want to hear from people. And I, and I, you know, and I hate, I hate, I hate the idea that I had quite a long, well, at least something of conversation with Anil about this the other day because he, it. It, it basically, I, I, one of the things I struggle with is that I don't pay people for the content that goes on my website. Um, like I, I struggle with that on a kind of a, like it goes against what I believe in when it comes to people being creative, if you sort of mean, like we should be paid for the things that we do if we do them, do them well. Um, and I also don't like the idea that people get paid in exposure, if mm. you sort of mean. Yeah, that's nonsense. Um, but I mean, it, it, it is it is to a degree the reality of the the, the 35 mmc model it is a community blog that is essentially it's not entirely open access there is a vetting process not everybody gets through the process if they get in touch with me but majority of people if they send me a piece of decent enough content you know i, I edit everything of course that goes on the website but the majority of people get get, get through the net and you know the, the the sort of payback is that people have you know then there's their stuff featured on the website and I encourage everybody to link to their <laughs> own blogs and Chris Patterson who's um, written to, uh, a, 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 an article that's published today um, for example uh, so his blog he links to at the end of his webs at the end of his article it's a really interesting article about selenium sound cameras and um, he's linked to his website at the end or he hasn't linked to his website yet. What a fool. Chris oh, it's in his profile. Idiot. It's in his profile. It is, it is in his profile. So retrofilmcameras.com. Um, I see, like, I, I, I struggle with that whole, like, payment and exposure thing all the time, regards kind of, particularly, like, photography. But I think, like, say, like, with your site and uh, Emulsive, the, the transparency thing, like, tied in with what you're saying about Kickstarter, if you were sitting there buying five grand lenses and just cruising around the world on the profits you were making from 35 mm. MC, then people would soon stop submitting. But because mm. you're open and honest about the fact that it's not a money maker for you, it's it's a passion project, then it's like that's kind of like fair game, I think, that you're not pay, paying people. Mm. You know, it's, well, it is, and it's, money does go to people, so you know, um, um, Sorian's being paid and, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't remember if I'm allowed to, t- how to say. 
<laughs> and Hamish did just have that week oh, no, in yes, Lou, no, no. so I mean, he is living it pretty large. My brain's my brain's <laughs> gone. My brain's brain's gone too much. Yes, no, we did decide. Johnny Sisson. I completely forgotten whether or not I was. We were we were talking about it. So Johnny Sisson from you know um, Classic Lenses podcast. He's he I've been he's he's had some some cash out of the out of the project for um, going back through a lot of old articles and and sort of rejigging them and, and bits and pieces like that. So and it does and it does pay me. But it pays me for the time that I put into it um, about, I think, about eight pound an hour. So, yeah, you're you know, worth it, mate. You are worth it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not most, you know. That's not. A, it's not even living living wage, is it? So, um, and it costs a f- fortune to keep on the internet. So, yeah, I make. I do make money out of it. I make money on more money than I made out of bloody pixelator, for, <laughs> <laughs> for example. But it's 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 not. It's not, as you say, it's not like uh, I'm not I'm not profiteering off other people's content. It's and it is, you know, in in the same way as Pixelator, as I was saying earlier, it's about it is to me. This is a you know, as soon as I clocked, as soon as I kind of clocked the idea of featuring other people's content on the website and other people helping to grow the website through the merits of, of them writing for it, it's it's that became the thing that was exciting about it being something that was about the community and wasn't really about me and of course I write for the website every week but it's not about I don't really feel like I'm front and center of the website anymore um which is you know if I wanted to be front and center of that I would have called it hamesgill.com but I don't I called it 35 mc because I didn't want to be front and center and that now it's now I'm not you know what you could have done Hamish is just uh, refer to yourself as 35 mmc everywhere and just let, not let anybody else know you by any other name that would have got you the same result um. Yeah, but do you know that's really, really fucking weird thing to do, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. hiding behind, hiding behind a, a strange name and then not giving away who you are to I, anybody apart from essentially <laughs> what you and me. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know anybody who would ever do such a weird thing as that because yeah, yeah, that would be weird. And to keep it going for years and years and years. I know. It's bizarre. Just bizarre. Yeah. Uh, well, it's because in, in another life he runs porn websites. This is, this is the reality <laughs> of the situation. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Bizarrely, he uses the same moniker there as well, which is weird. <laughs> Just weird. Um, Hamish, you've got so much stuff going on. I want to make sure before we move on that we haven't missed anything out because, like I said, it's been a while since we spoke. Is there anything else that you want to make sure that people know about? Buy Pixelator. But buy Pixelators. Buy Pixelators. Can everybody buy a Pixelator, please? Yeah. Buy Pixelators. That seems like a pretty good plan. That seems like a good tip. Um, as you said, they do 35mm, 120 in everything up to 6x12. They do 5 by 4 I was listening to um, Neil Piper on the Soot and Whitewash podcast. Um, I don't know. It sounds like he was nearly breaking, but um, he was mucking around doing APS and 110 as well. Can you do, I think yeah. he was, managed to find a way to do 110 with it. Um, it. It kind of, it'll do everything. And I've seen um, that you've been putting up articles on your Pixelator website about how-tos and stuff like that. Is that right? Yeah, so if you do buy a Pixelator, so, sorry, I'm going to start something else. When? When you, get, <laughs> when you get your Pixelator and you start using it and you realise all of the weird and wonderful ways that you can hack it, and this is genuinely what this product is about for me is something that i want people to hack and to 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 to, to you know to find all the, the weird and wonderful film types that they can use and all the different ways that it can be bodged into doing the, the thing that it's designed to do what i want people to do is get in touch with me and show me 
the things that they've done. And so we can publish them on the Pixelator website so other people can, you know, so there's this, this sort of bank of, of, of information for other people to tap into to find all the ways and weirds weird and what weird and wonderful things that can done, that can be done with it. And, and equally, if you, you know, as I said before, if you, if you, if you, you know, if you're a bit of a maker and you've got a 3D printer and you make some sort of gate that slots into it, then let me know. We'll add that to the website and you can sell it to people for a fiver or whatever. I'm totally open for people to to, to make a few quid off the back of this. You know, what I'd like. as well. Seems you, you seems like makes if you know what I think would be super handy for people who just want to do the quickest and dirtiest. If you could make just like a little frame that is at the kind of just about the right height over it that's that would sit on it flat, do you just plonk your phone down on it? If you just want to get a real quick and dirty, that'd be super handy. Make one of those for <laughs> us, just just bash that out. If if I you or one of the many makers would, yeah, isn't that a lamography product already? Oh, I don't know. Listen, <laughs> I don't know whether you know this about me, I don't keep abreast of anything that's going on. It's, it's one of my endearing it's, it's not a bad show i mean but then to be fair you could just if, if you go on ebay you can buy a, a um what do you call it a copy stand like a basic cheap copy stand for about 20 quid 30 quid something like that. and they are basically shite but um, <laughs> oh so, so your recommendation is spend 20 quid on something that is to quote you basically shite yeah um <laughs> So, you know, look, ball head copy stand, macro photography product shot for compact camera and phone, sixteen it, It'll do the job. You know, it'll be bendy and a bit crap. But it, genuinely, with a, if you're using a phone, it, it, it'll do the job absolutely fine. Okay, that's cool. £16.99. Oh, that. so. John, what do you want Hamish to make? Um, make love, not war. <laughs> what to you personally? <laughs> <laughs> anyone <laughs> <laughs> everyone okay well oh, that's, a, that's a big ask <laughs> well, you got, started <laughs> you've got a bit more free time now Hamish we know that the big is actually <laughs> shipping it's, you've employed Josh maybe you could get Josh to help you out with that as well um, let's move on from that we have got some stuff that we need to talk about uh, in Sunny 16 World before we let people get out of here <laughs> which they are probably clamouring to at this point because it's been quite a long show uh, who would have thought that getting Hamish back on would lead to a long show it's because you're so awesome Hamish um, we, we couldn't rush this um, I haven't been that grumpy have I you've I mean, been a delight you know I've been worse on podcasts, definitely. Yes, fortunately, <laughs> they've all been your own, so that's been quite nice. Um, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll that. cover that at the end. Um, so here are the things, listeners. We should probably mention this at the beginning of the show as well, but um, Sony 16 Presents, by the time you listen to this, is a thing. It's live. There is a podcast feed called Sony 16 Presents, and there will be a show on it, uh, which we'll talk about in just a second. There will be a show out already. Now, the reason this is kind of a bit of a soft launch is because of the way that iTunes and Google and everywhere works is that it probably won't have propagated out yet to iTunes and all of the things. So you, if you want to go straight away, if you are desperate to hear what's on there, you might have to go straight to Podbean, um, but it will be appearing everywhere else over the next few days. Um, and just look for Sony 16 Presents. That's what the podcast feed's called. Uh, it's nice and simple. John has made a fabulous graphic for it. It's very cool. Um, thank you very much for that, John. And John's show is also the first show that's going out on there. So, John, do you want to tell us, singers, you're launching. <laughs> your, your face is the one that we're smashing the champagne <laughs> bottle into. <laughs> 
shit. Okay, I better get that finished. Um, it's a chat with Dan Kay uh, over in his dark room in Hong Kong. And what do we talk about? All sorts of shit. Um, a little bit about printing, but mainly just about kind of photography and his travels in Cuba and kind of some of the dark room stuff he was doing over there. It's really interesting. So I recommend you check it out. Yeah, it was a great and ranging conversation and um, one I think it's a fantastic place to lead off with. So um, we might have something else going out later in the week as well. I'm going to see, I think I might have a bit of uh, long-waiting listener uh, audio to go out, which might go out later in the week, but I need to find that and make sure that's all good. Um, and then next week's show is going to be Claire's show, so that'll be going out next week. But yes, um, Sunny 16 Presents is now live. I have made a Twitter feed for Sunny 16 Presents, which will probably pretty much just be used so that when a podcast goes live, that Twitter feed will let people know so you can go and find it. So if you want to follow that Sunny 16 Presents feed, because I probably won't use it for much else, we probably won't remember to, who knows? <laughs> it's an adventure. We're all going on an adventure. Um, we hope you'll come along too. Uh, so that's the most important thing. Sunny 16 Presents, please either go to Podbean or check your podcatcher, see if it's online now and available. If it isn't, just be patient. It should be within the next week or so from today when this goes out, because the plan is I will have published this probably on Monday or Tuesday, depending on whether John gives me his updated edit on the show. Um, the other things I just want to quickly remind listeners of is we have got the Cheap Shot Challenge. We did get a new challenge topic set by Lucy Ridges when she was on. Um, and just want to remind people of that. That is music. Uh, we didn't give an end, a date for when pictures needed to be in by. I'm going to say the end of September. Does that sound good to you, John? Perfect. Perfect. Oh, my God. I nailed it, everybody. So end of <laughs> September, get your pictures into us as always. I say as always. I never get what I want. But I'm going to try anyway. What we would love you to do, shoot some analog pictures on cheap cameras that you've picked up for under £30, $30. Um, send in your two favourite pictures. They don't have to be amazing. They just have to be your favourite ones. Don't make the image size too big. Please do in um, the uh, dis rename the images with your name and the camera and the film if possible and the title if you want to but it would be super helpful if you did that last time more people did and it was great it made things much easier for me um, and send them into sunny16podcast at gmail.com the other thing there's so many things going on is to remind you that we did um, announce last week we're gonna have a little competition because we've got these two copies of the wonderful um too sick too spurious scene have you seen this hamish Hamish has died. Good. Sorry, I was <laughs> mute for a second. Uh, yes, well, I'm in it. You're in it. Okay. Uh, which is your picture, Hamish? Um, it, the shit one. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, I can look the, at the back. There. Oh, you're you're right next. To, you're near me. There's you, you, me, and Emma all close up together. Um, I think. Uh, let's have a look and see. I don't know. the genius. <laughs> yeah, that's very much what it is. Yeah. Um, very cool. So uh, you've seen that zine. It's a lovely zine, isn't it? As we talked about at length last week. Would it's, you? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I really like it. I've got, we, um, there'll be some sort of blog post about it on the website at some point. Seems like a good idea. Well, if you would like to win a copy of the scene, I bought two extra copies. I've got two copies here to give away. And what we're asking you to do is send in your best 
photo fail, uh, your best film photography photo fail. And we've had a couple of entries in already that are fabulous, um, but we could do with more. Otherwise, just the two entries we've sent in are going to get the two zines, which is nice and simple, I suppose. Makes life easier for me. Um, so, I am. Um, can I send in my last cheap shots challenge? <laughs> your blank roll. <laughs> you could do that. I'm not. That's well, I mean, listen. I think that makes it. As we ended up discussing art on the podcast last week, you know, I think. Um, I think that counts as art. You know, it's you can decide it's saying something. Definitely <laughs> saying John's a Wally, I think, is what it's saying. But... Ass. <laughs> uh, um, so I think that does us for parish notices this week. Um, John, can you think of anything that I've forgotten? Uh, um, no. no. I'll just quickly add that on Tuesday, the 1st of September, I'm going to do a live broadcast with the Pixelator and see if I can break it live Ooh, on YouTube. Oh, nice. Hamish yeah. has stated you can't break it, John, which to me sounds like a flat-out challenge. He said it's made of acrylic, you, you, you can't can. break it. You, you, can, you can. You can definitely break it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Um, I'm not going to explain where the weak points are, but there is a weak, there is an, there is an actual weak point, Ooh, John, a physical weak point in it. So that is your you challenge, 60 challenge, minutes. <laughs> 60 minutes to find it. Mm. So what was the time again, John? Sorry. Uh, 8 p.m. 8 PM. Tuesday the 1st 8 of September. And that's the Dark Shed Live. Yes, it is indeed. Hamish, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a delight to have you on. Um, you're at 35MMC on Twitter and Instagram? No. You're at uh, Hamish yes, Gill on Twitter no. and Instagram? Ham- Hamish Gill on Twitter, 35MMC blog on Instagram. Oh, and Hamish Gill on Instagram and Pixelator on Instagram. Uh, and uh, I'm on Facebook, but I hate it, so don't talk to me on there. Yeah, and you have also, as you mentioned before, you've now got uh, Josh working. But we spoke to Josh on the podcast way back in episode yes. I couldn't possibly remember. He's a delight, and he is handling your customer support, isn't he? As well, he's um, was it Josh Pixelator or Josh Later? I can't remember. Josh what he's Later. On. Josh yeah, Later. He, he is on on Twitter. Yeah, he's he's sort of. Um, yeah, I mean, he—he's—it's almost a joke, really. He's on a, an apprenticeship, um. So, but his and his job, official job role, is like content junior or something. But he's essentially doing everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I yeah, I've done very well with Josh. He's a he's a he's a good he's a good he's a good bloke. He knows uh, he's and he's he's having a steep learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's so, nice yeah, to know that be, Josh be, is out be, there. be very, very kind to Josh. Um, if you want to have a go at anybody, get money at me and, you know, not money at Josh. Um, if you've got really nice things to say about Pixelator, copy us both in. Yes, that sounds like a good plan. And um, finally, as I said, I promised I would ask this. Um, can we be looking... Can we be expecting um, any hypersensitive photographers podcast coming soon? I had to change where that sentence was going because looking forward to it seemed not the right words. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Okay. Well, best left soon is splendid. <laughs> but Hamish, it's like I said, it's been so nice to have you back on, and congratulations again on reaching the end of the road. Thanks road very much. Yeah. Thanks very much on both counts. Congrats. <laughs> well, in the end, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, listen, 
Finishing is finishing. That's all that matters. In the end, you did it. Um, we will play you out, as always, with Rachel's fabulous band, Rocker. Um, you can find their music on Bandcamp. No, not Bandcamp. Spotify, Amazon, other places. Maybe Bandcamp. Hey, listen, look. If you don't look, you'll never know. Um, if you want to get in touch with us about any of the issues we've covered in this evening's show, <laughs> drop us a line at sunny16podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and more importantly, go and check out Sunny16 Presents, uh, the new podcast speed um we will be back with you later next week sometime see you soon everybody goodbye bye bye <laughs> <Thanks> later <laughs>